Hi, everybody, and welcome back to episode 78 of the Simply One Podcast. I'm your host, Colin, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris. How are we doing, everybody? We're just a couple of best friends who are passionate about all things pop culture. If you're looking for lukewarm takes on movies, video games, TV shows, or even occasional comic, then we've got the show for you. Mm-hmm, that's right. That is right. right. This week, um, we're just feeling pretty discouraged, honestly. Not about the podcast, but just pop culture in general right now. We had Gamescom past week. Felt a little bit like a letdown, I think. Mm-hmm. Fucking, uh, probably the only movie I was looking forward to for the rest of the year was pushed back until March, which was Dune. We'll get into that. Uh, and it sounded like the rest of the year we're probably not going to have much, if anything. This is so. the last episode. Yeah, we're just going to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. But so we uh, we thought about going to go see uh, Gran Turismo. Oh, we just couldn't bring ourselves to do it. No, I mean, you know, because we, we go back and forth on that of like, well, but we shouldn't do that. We should go give it. But, then, but also. We know it's not going to be good. And, and well, and I mean, and whether it's good or not. It just didn't didn't interest. I mean, it's basically a sports movie more than a video game movie. Yeah. You know, and I'm not a big sports movie guy. And then it's a racing, which I'm even less. Yeah. You know. And then to boot, you know, like what the Blind Side that just happened. Yeah. Right. I don't want to see no sport movie. Yeah. None. I don't want nothing to do with sports. We should just get rid of them. Sports are the problem. Sports. Yeah. <laughs> sports are the problem. And it's a shame because Sandra Bullock put her whole whole Belusi mm-hmm. into that role. Mm-hmm. She won an Oscar for that role, didn't she? Or did she get nominated? I think she got the Oscar. I think she won, yeah. What, do they take that away now? No, because well. she still she still acted. She still did that. Well, not really, because that's not really what happened. You know that movies aren't real, right? <laughs> <laughs> you could say that about every Oscar. <laughs> that's not what happened. I don't know, man. But all of that, to say that uh, we kind of decided, oh, what, this morning? <laughs> that today we we're gonna we're just gonna kind of keep it light and breezy, um, kind of float through some news, talk about some great directors' worst movies, mm-hmm. and then uh, I'll be filling the rest of my cryptos. Yeah, 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 you heard, you already know, yeah, <laughs> you know what it is. Let mm. uh, well, down, man. What went down? What went down? Well, <laughs> you suck. suck. Thank, Thank you. you. It's with the finger guns. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, anyways, um, yeah, so, yeah, so Gamescom happened last week, uh, I think it's Germany every year, mm-hmm. uh, this year they did, uh, opening night live, which is like, when they debut, you know, here's the big show, the three hour live stream at the start, to like, hey, here's a bunch of trailers, game reveals maybe, things like that, some gameplay, not, not a lot of, like, big reveals for me, mm-hmm. they did show off some, uh, Modern Warfare Three campaign footage. They showed the first game, the uh, first campaign Looked mission. Right. Looks fine. Yeah, graphics are, are pretty nice. Cool. Um, I mean, but the new COD engine has been nice since the first. Well, the new Modern Warfare games. Mm-hmm. You know, MW, yeah, Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare 2019. I mean, I I remember we were pretty hyped when that trailer came out for the new Modern Warfare with the Bravo Six going dog, going dog, and everybody was like, "Yo, this is different." Mm-hmm. Uh, and now it's getting stale again. I think. They just do it, and they're trying to milk it for as long as they can. Yeah, and I mean, so so the Dude, mission right, that they... Right in the freaking trailer at the end, it says, buy yeah. all these... Pre-order now and get 50 fucking cod bucks and, you know, whatever it is. Oh, yeah, which apparently on, uh, like, Call of Duty Mobile, the coins that you can get or the currency that you can get is, like, cod points or something like that. Mm-hmm. And fucking, <laughs> they tweeted something about, like, you know, use this code or tweet this, whatever, and get something CP. And Twitter was like, 
uh, be careful. On the internet, CP is how we abbreviate child pornography, you know? Yeah. And they were like, it's not that. It's Boo. COD points. It's yeah. COD points. <laughs> In fact, COD yeah. points. If you like this, we'll send you so much, you won't even know what to do with it. But <clears throat> the, uh, the the campaign that they showed or the, the footage that they showed was the gulag. Um, the gulag. The gulag memes are always funny. <laughs> I got one margarita with two senoritas. <laughs> but the thing that got a lot of people upset was that it is actually... So Verdansk is the... Dance Dance Revolution? Mm-hmm. No, Verdansk no. is the map from... What's their battle royale? Warzone. Warzone, yeah, yeah. The first like map that was on Warzone was called Verdansk, and it had the gulag in it. This is that gulag. So what is the gulag in Modern Warfare? What, like, or Warzone, you can just fight, and if you win, you what? get to come back? Yeah, yeah. So basically, if you, you die, I think there's like a certain, like at a certain point into the game, they close the gulag, and like nobody's getting out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, you basically do 1v1s, and whoever wins the 1v1 gets to respawn. Uh, all I had to say. So it's kind of adding fuel to the flame of like, are they just, this feels like the same thing. Well, we better, well, we've already got the gulag, so let's just use that. Right. Mm. Especially considering there wasn't supposed to be a game this year. Um, now all of a sudden there is. Yeah. I could see that. That makes sense. Um, but also, I mean, it is a pretty famous mission from, there's a reason why it's so big, big is like, from Modern Warfare 2, you go and you break price out, don't you? Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking that's what they're doing here because they like they don't say who they're after. They're either getting price or Makarov, but I'm thinking they're going for price because yeah. that's who they do in the original. Robert 6, Gondok. You know, and he says, you know, something about, you know, we're going to cross that line. You know, you're like, oh, fuck. Price talking about killing civilians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they did a lot of. Uh, Mission shit. The thing that they talked about that interested me was, um, I forget, I think they called it open missions or something to that effect, where essentially it's a larger um, mission area, I suppose, and you might have multiple objectives at once, Mm -hmm. and you can kind of choose the approach uh, on how you accomplish the missions. They kind of did that in the in the 2019 version. I think of, I think there is a mission called like Going Dark or something to that effect, Mm -hmm. where it is a a nighttime map. And you're using night vision and stealth and knocking out lights and stuff. And you have to go across this manor. Um, and you, there's some indoor stuff, some outdoor stuff, things like that. But um, they talked about that the missions will be designed around the idea of being able to do it stealthy or going loud or a combination of the two, things like that. And I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. At least that they're like, okay, maybe they're trying something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they just didn't show that off. I, I wish they would have shown that off because that sounded interesting. I got something to show off. <laughs> what is it? Nothing. You didn't prepare. You weren't prepared for me to call you out, did you? No. No. Yeah. Give me like five minutes and a blue chew. <laughs> Whoa. I, Work it up. I don't want to know why it was so <laughs> moist. <laughs> off yeah. the rip. Just off, off the fucking word go. Uh, just... <laughs> come on, baby. I'm sitting on G waiting on O. Let's go. <laughs> go. Uh, but yeah, so COD, whatever. Uh, the, the only one that I was like, yo, my God. Was fucking Alan Wake 2, dude. They, um. <laughs> What'd they do? No, oh, tell me what they do. Who, who? Did you see it? <laughs> they wake up? <laughs> no. So Alan Wake 2, they're, you know, I think I've talked about it on here before when they first announced it. They showed some minor stuff of, um, 
Alan Wake's perspective, because this is going to be a multi-perspective game where you play as, oh, I can not think of her name now, but the uh, there's a detective in the real world who's like, I think, looking for Alan Wake because Alan Wake's been in the dark place for like 13 years. I think they said however long it's actually been between games is how long mm-hmm. Alan Wake's been missing. And so Alan Wake's been in the dark place for a long time. And because he spent most of his life living in New York City, the dark place is starting to take on the it looks like New York, like a twisted version of New York. So they showed off some gameplay of like him down in the subways and trying to get into the trains and stuff and train lights coming down the tunnels and there's no train, things like that. Um, there was an interesting point where, because uh, I watched it, I think they did like a 12-minute gameplay reveal. Uh, after the, you know, at Gamescom opening live, they just did like a minute and a half trailer, but then they did a full gameplay walkthrough later of Alan walking around a subway platform and at one point you see, quote-unquote, a train roll through and all the light flicker and all that and then there's just a bunch of shadow figures there. Oh, yeah. And yeah, and he's kind of walking around him. And for people that don't know, in Alan Wake, the dark has kind of is embodied and will like encompass people, wrap them up, and uh, you know, and will kind of you give provide them with armor and, and corrupt them. And you have to hit them with a flashlight to break the shadow off of them, and then you can damage them. So the character, you know, while they're doing the gameplay, they're like shining the flashlight on these guys, and they're just people that are going about like waiting on a train or getting off the train, things like that. But then some of them are bad and want to attack him. And so it's kind of an interesting thing of you walking through a crowd of people. And some and then of them. One of them or two of them are waiting for you to walk past to like swing on you and shit. And so kind of keeping you on your toes. Is it only when you pass them? I don't know. I, I mean, I think one of them, he shined the light on it, kind of started to react. <laughs> yeah. They did show that like, you know, he had minimum, minimal ammunition, things like that, where like they are trying to lean into the survival horror, uh, which I'm, I'm a big survival horror mm-hmm, fan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the genre itself is kind of, Coming back with Resident Evil being on um, the rise, yeah, being revitalized with um, you know Biohazard coming out and then um, Village, and then they've done all the remakes of mm-hmm. two, three, and four. And a lot of people are talking about the remake for four, like being a game of the year contender. And it's that weird thing, like oh, it's a remake. Is that fair? You know what I mean? I Did it win Game of the Year when it came out? I'm not sure if they were even doing Game of the Year when it came out. It was 2005. Well, I'd let it slide. Yeah. If it already got an award and it's remake, nah. Yeah, but if, yeah, but if, if it was like, before, yeah. and they say, "Hey, we, and, we buffed it up," and they've changed it enough, the you know, modernized it enough, I think they did a very good job of taking a you know fifteen year old game, well, nearly twenty year old game, and going, "Here's how it would work in a modern feel," you know, mm-hmm. and and it they pulled it off well. Yeah, um, but I think pff, Baldur's Gates got that shit. We got Starfield. I I don't think Starfield's gonna do it. I don't yeah, think Starfield. No, I think unfortunately, oddly enough. Baldur's Gate has reminded me a lot of um, New Vegas. Mm. Not in gameplay or anything like that, but the quality of the, the open world aspect or the, the mission aspect of it, of mm. like finding a quest that feels important and I'm going to go do that quest and things like that. And it's not it's a not story the, quest, yeah. you know, but it was important and I followed it. And, um, you know, and every, you know, feeling like side characters are compelling and important, you want to see them. Mm hmm survive or continue or things like that without spoilers there's a mission where a lot of people that you've met earlier on in the game can die if you fail this mission or or and the other thing is i do like that where like morgan and i've been sweating hard on Baldur's gate Mm -hmm. i got her set up in the office she has played it and she's a little bit further ahead of me because she's not doing as much side stuff Mm -hmm. um and so there'll be stuff that i go oh did you do this oh no i didn't see that at all and then i'll get to stuff that she's been through 
and I might do better at it or take a different route because she's playing a, a wizard and I'm playing a bard, so I'm doing more like perception checks and things like that and getting through things without combat. Um, and so then she's like, oh, no, I didn't even know that was an option, you know. And so it's kind of neat that her and I are having two very different experiences. Vastly, yeah. um, for example, that mission that I talked about where you can potentially have a lot of people die. She had that outcome, and I didn't. I, I won the fight because I'm just better. Yeah. No, because I save scrub the shit out of it. <laughs> I was just, as soon as some, nope, F8, restart that shit. Um, come at me. Uh, and so I got a different outcome. And so I have missions available to me, people available to me that she didn't. Mm -hmm. And so that, I think that's pretty interesting that both are viable options. And then she got something out of it that she was like, oh, do you have this person in your group? And I'm like, mm -mm. no, they didn't. Oh, because that, that didn't happen. So then I didn't get that person. And she's like, oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think just I don't foresee Bethesda reinventing, you know, Getting that in depth on their RPGs. I don't know, man. Apparently, Starfield, the customization options for your ship and like the vastness sure. of it, the open world aspect <clears throat> is supposed to be super good. Yeah, but I just I don't know. Unless they really put their whole heart into it, I, you know, if it's Fallout Four in space, I'll be happy because I liked Fallout Four and I like space. But unless they went really in on the the missions and the story and making everything feel important, I think Baldur's Gate's got it. Yeah, yeah, but that's just a theory. A Baldur's uh, Gate theory. Baldur's Gate theory. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, that was really... There wasn't a lot from Gamescom. Oh, there was one. I can never remember the fucking name of it. It's called, like, um, Wukong, I think. Um, and it's a Chinese mythology... Wu-Tang? No. Wu-Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with, so uh -uh. don't even try. No, I'm not saying it. I'm, like, I, mean, I mean no disrespect. Wu-Tang! Sorry. Uh, yeah, the game's called Black Myth Wukong. And it is uh, Chinese mythology, souls born. So okay. it's so it's basically God of War. No, Chinese mythology. Yeah, there's a ton of that in God of War. <laughs> Greek mythology. Yeah, but no, it it's not God of War because God of War is to call God of War souls born is pretty. <laughs> it's it's souls born for the general audience. You know what I mean. Because uh, you figure you and I tried Elden Ring and we're like, nah, this shit's too hard. <laughs> nah. I can't do this. Uh, and, and yeah, so the combat looked pretty interesting. Again, it does have a Dark Souls feel to it. Uh -huh. a, a, you know, where you're like, oh shit, yeah, you got to be on your game there. Um, so I don't know if it's for me, but it does look interesting visually of like seeing. You don't see a ton of Chinese mythology in uh, in pop culture, so I think it's interesting that they are. It's a different take. Yeah, getting to see that. Uh, I feel like in the West we get into. Japan, like if we're gonna get into like you know Eastern uh, mythology, we generally look at like Japan, mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's interesting to see uh, a Chinese um, game. But uh, then the last thing I wanted to talk about is that uh, Stalker Two. I talked about it last week, maybe may releasing in December. Mm -hmm. uh, they did come out and go, no, 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 we are releasing in quarter one of twenty twenty four. So they do at least know, yeah, we're shooting for yeah. beginning of next year. But yeah, that December 1st, no, 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 that's not us. Not so they did finally come out and say that. And apparently they they were at Gamescom and showed off a bunch of gameplay and people could walk up and play it. And it's gotten some pretty good talk so far of like, mm. oh, shit, yeah, this will be a good computer game. So that's pretty, pretty dope. Busting. Hmm. I did want to take a quick little aside to address the fact that Bob Barker fucking passed away. Yeah. He was 99 years old. Shame. And I, I saw a joke that was in the spirit of The Price is Right, I think, 
which said, can we just acknowledge that Bob Barker, longtime host of The Price is Right, got as close to 100 as he could without going over? Yeah. That's how you play the game. Did he did he retire at all from Price is Right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's been Drew Carey for about 15 years now. I didn't know that. Yeah. And it was kind of funny, not ha-ha, but just, oh, wow. Well, like, literally last week, Morgan and I were talking about somebody else, and then we were like, God damn, is Bob Barker still alive? And I was like, yeah, he sure is. And I was like, fuck, he is 99 years old. And then I was like, man, I, you know, I knew he had to be up there because he was old when he was in fucking uh, Happy Gilmore, mm-hmm. you know? And I was like, damn, so 99, that's awesome, you know? And then like a week later, I was like, Morgan, did you see the fucking Bob Barker died? And she's like, oh, my God. So, you know. He was uh, many a, a kid's company during a sick day mm-hmm. uh, during the morning. So unfortunate, but you know, ninety nine years, you can't, you can't beat that. Mm-hmm. Well, you can, well, you but... could be a hundred, but uh, and then uh, unfortunately, sticking with death, um, Arlene Sorkin, who was the original voice of Harley Quinn uh, in Batman the Animated Series, passed away um, yesterday, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yesterday being Sunday. So I mean, Harley Quinn is a completely original character for Batman the Animated Series. She didn't exist in the comics before that or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So she is the 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 Harley Quinn, you know. Yeah. Um, and apparently they didn't have a visual for her, uh, the, you know, the character of Harley Quinn, until they cast um, Arlene Sorkin and then showed a uh, – there was a photo of her. I don't remember what show she was in, uh, like a stage show, but she was dressed up as a Harlequin clown. Mm-hmm. And they were like, my God, that's a good look. Like yeah. that's, you know, that's, that's what Harley Quinn looks like. And so she very much inspired the character. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and she passed away. I believe she was 67. Yeah. Um, I was young. Yeah. I was going to say, I knew Mark Hamill. Yeah, here it is. I was trying to find his quote. He voiced the Joker in the animated series and he said, devastated to learn we've lost the brilliant Arlene Sorkin, not just a a wonderful talent, but a wonderful person. Truly. Um, I'm grateful not only to have worked with her, but to have been her friend. Sending my heartfelt condolences to her family and loved ones. Uh, James Gunn, who, you know, he, he's got a, a, love for Harley Quinn, the character. Um, you figure, I think she's the only character really that followed over from the first Suicide Squad to, to, the, second one. to the second one. Um, he said, rest in peace, Arlene Sorkin, the incredibly talented original voice of Harley Quinn who helped to create the character so many of us love, love to her family and friends. Um, yeah, and so, I mean, she just, she was a big part of a lot of people's... Margot shot. Robbie say anything? Um, I'm sure she did, or... Didn't. She don't care. She, <laughs> she on Barbie right now, bro. She don't care. Ruthless. She's on that Barbie game. <laughs> Why you gotta put put Margaret Robbie on the spot like that? Uh, I like stirring the pot. She didn't have no responsibility to say anything. I mean, but still, you're gonna take up the character, you know. Did you post anything? I did, as a matter of no, fact. You fucking didn't. <laughs> Look at the tweeter. Yeah, I'll pull it up right I'm now. Pull up X right now. Not that you ain't gonna find out. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Boy. <laughs> yeah, I would have shit if I pulled it up in the room. Thank you so much, everybody. I just start levitating. Yeah. Like, wah, wah. It says like three seconds ago. I'm like, how the fuck? <laughs> as soon as I started talking, you're over there. Oh, shit, I'll be honest. Whoop. <laughs> what the piss? But uh, yeah, so terrible losses in general. Um, even though we're giggling. Maybe. We're cackling, being schmucks. Yeah. yeah, that's how we deal with uh, dark, heavy stuff. That's subjects. how we cope. Uh, last thing I want to talk about Dune Part 2 delayed until fucking March I believe it's 24th let me pull it up here Dune no not Dine Dune Part 2 release March 15th of 2024 uh, and they did cite the ongoing strikes for the writers and actors so uh, uh, yeah you know fuck you Warner Brothers I hope it delays until 
you know, they get paid. Apparently, uh, the Writers Guild was sent an offer uh, by the the AMPTP. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, you know me. (laughs) You down with the AMPTP? Yeah, you know me. No. No. No, I'm not. I'm fucking not. not. Look at me. I'm not. I'm looking at you, man. Uh, yeah, and so they were like, hey, we'll send you an offer. And, you know, as, as negotiations worked, the Writers Guild read it and went, that's really not what we were looking for. Mm-hmm. Submitted a counter offer, the AMPTP, specifically like three or four CEOs, Bob Iger, David Zaslav, who runs Warner Brothers Discovery, and a couple others were like, why don't we meet in person? And so the Writers Guild was like, yeah, let's do that. So they showed up. And granted, there's like 200 to 300 small, large, medium-sized studios that are all part of the AMPTP. Only four execs showed up because they said, yeah, we'll go. We'll go represent us. Don't you come, small company that needs a deal. We'll show up. Mm-hmm. And it was not a conversation. Literally, it was a two-hour, essentially, like, finger-wagging by the executives to the WGA for, like, here's why our deal was so great, and I can't believe that you countered. And the WGA were like, all right, perfect. We'll uh, be out front of your building. <laughs> See ya. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like, that's not how negotiations work. You mm-hmm. offer, we counter, then you counter, and we incrementally get to the middle where neither of us are happy. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's, you know, because obviously the writers want, you know, XYZ. The studios have no interest in XYZ, so they promote, you know, ABC. And you work your way until you guys are both at LMNOP. Yeah. You know, neither one of you got what you wanted, but You're there. it's somewhere in the middle. And they're just not, not, not creaking that way at all. So good, good so, on them. Yeah, so the WGA were like, all right, well, see you guys. We'll be outside. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> they're over there. yeah, well, and I just think it's interesting that like A twenty four, they already accepted the, the a deal with the Writers Guild and the Actors Guild. So if if A twenty four, a small indie studio, mm-hmm. can go, oh yeah, we can make that work. Fucking Disney and Warner Brothers can do that. Yeah, oh, we can make that work. Yeah. You want to know why they're not making it work? Money, 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 money. And because they don't want to set a precedent yep. of like, yeah, we'll work with you. I don't know. They it's have just... to be the, the backbone for whatever yeah. reason they think. Which is also why they, like, again, why they said, no, 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 no you guys stay here. We'll go. Mm-hmm. We'll go talk to them. Because the smaller studios are probably ready to, you know. Turn. Turn, yeah. Because the way that the, the strategy is you get in fighting, you mm-hmm. know. You get the smaller studios to go, we really could take that deal. That's not a bad deal, yeah. you know. And then progressively you're... And picking, then the big studios aren't enough away. making any money anymore, Exactly. So the big studios they'll have are, to go, all yeah. right. Where enough business is up and running that the writers don't need mm-hmm. Disney. You know, I've got A24 and Sony on my side, and, you know, we're good. And then you're like, oh, shit. Yeah, all right, all right. All right, now, wait a minute. Yeah, and that's how it goes. And so that's why they didn't want any of those guys to show up, so that, that couldn't happen. So kind of shady, shady, shitty stuff. So we're more than happy to have a drought um, in the second half of the year here. Mm-hmm. Um, but we will need help from you guys to come up with um, topics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, comics, comics, video games, video games just topics. Mm-hmm. Um, if there's TV shows, we talked about backlogging some movies. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of like pretty important films that Chris hasn't seen, and vice versa. Um, that you know we're willing. We to... haven't talked about Breaking Bad. No, which that's one that you and I both are passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we could do that. Uh, but we could do uh, like a Star Wars marathon and breakdown from. Start to finish. Yeah. We talked about, you haven't seen uh, the Lord of the Rings films, Mm-mm. which is probably a major cultural touchstone that you're yeah. missing out on. So it's yeah. like, uh, it's a pretty interesting op- opportunity for you to watch it for the first time mm-hmm. and me to be like, I've seen this movie like five times. Yeah. You know, you've got to watch this. Um, and, you know, obviously we're not going to do the whole trilogy in one episode, but, you know, 
just roll through them. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm ready to talk about bad movies from good directors. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, let's fucking do it. You kick it. Yeah, you kick it. Mm-mm. I'd already said it. Technically, I said it. And I'm the one with the recorder, so. <laughs> it's a real power move. Come on, King. <laughs> Come on, King. Come on, King. Pull it back, King. All right, I'll start. No, hold on. No, I got no, I got no, one right no, here. No, no, no. Martin Campbell. Oh, my God. Fucking directed uh, goddamn Casino Royale, James Bond. Mm-hmm. That's a fucking banging James Bond movie. Yeah. You ever see Casino Royale? Nope. Oh, Jesus. It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. He also fucking directed Green Lantern. Ew. <laughs> what a swing. <laughs> that is a big old woof. Uh, yeah, I, I really enjoy Casino Royale. Uh, you got fucking Daniel Craig's first rendezvous as James Bond. Blonde. Bond, you know? I had a lot of people going, I'm watching Bond got blonde hair. And then he came out of the water with his fucking abs and his dick in his uh, Speedo, and everybody's like, well, no, wait a minute. <laughs> hold on. Now, hold on, let him cook. <laughs> and uh, and then Green Lantern came out, and everybody was like, all right, let's uh, get him out of the kitchen. That's not a good movie. That ain't it. Yeah. It's such a bad movie that Ryan Reynolds openly mocks it, you know? And uh, I'm here for it. You got one over there? Uh, yeah. So I have for Tim Burton. Okay. Yeah. Um, Frankenweenie. You didn't like it? Mm-mm. I was kind of let down by it. I, th- I thought it was a good concept. Like the whole like bringing your dog back to life. And like I know that there's the whole conspiracy, but or like the conspiracy, the theory yeah. of like it goes Frankenweenie and then Corpse Bride and then uh, Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, yeah. That's like the. Yeah. Which is cool, but I don't know. Even like, because I was like in 2012, I was 11 when that yeah. came out. And I remember going like, snooze fest. Like, yeah, right. I'm, this is just not it for me. This ain't it, Chief. What's your probably favorite Tim Burton movie? My favorite Tim Burton movie? Mm-hmm. Mm, bingo. Batman. Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Oh, yeah. 1985 right there. You've never seen Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Yes, I have. No, you haven't. Yes, I have. Dude, there's the part on the fucking where he's uh, hitchhiking with the semi-trucks, <laughs> and just, there's that ghost just, lady who shows him a scary face. That part traumatized me as a kid. <laughs> uh, Beetlejuice, though, probably. Probably Beetlejuice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I didn't like Death Proof from Quentin Tarantino with the never car. you never seen it? Mm-mm. Where, uh, yeah, fucking, uh, what's his goddamn name? Um, Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. has a, a souped-up muscle car that as long as he's in the driver's seat, he can't die. And so he'll, like, pick women up and, you know, go driving and shit and then, like, purposely wreck the car and, like, murder oh murder everybody in the mm-hmm. car, but not him. And fucking these three hard-ass bitches just whip his ass. There is That is a good scene, though, where they just get him out of the car and are just beating him to death <laughs> in a field. <laughs> like, my God. Holy but... It was part of the, um, I don't know, I don't remember, Grindhouse, where there was Planet uh, Planet Terror and then Death Proof, uh, and it was Robert Rodriguez and him doing a Grindhouse film together. Okay. And uh, yeah, I just didn't like it. Um, it's It's got a lot of buildup, and then it just, kind of like I said, it, it, really it's that ending is what's where the fun kicks in, is the girls all trying to fucking kill him, and they, they do. Yeah. But then I think like, this guy that fucking made Django? Fucking Pulp Fiction? Come on now. Mm. And then he made it kind of uh, stinky. It was Stinker. not that good. Yeah. Yeah. How do you expect to make an omelet if you can't have a couple broken eggs? Well, I mean, that's the whole premise of this episode, so I don't James Cameron. Yeah, he's made some stinkers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, baby, we've all made some stinkers. I'm, don't I'm get making me wrong. stinky right now. <laughs> but I mean, he made 
Aliens, the Terminator. I know, dude. You know, Terminator the Titanic. Fox. What's his bad one? Way of the water, bro. <laughs> it was not, it was not good. good. I didn't like it. <laughs> no, I specifically made sure. I was like, I want to bring up that one. Yeah. It was bad. I mean, it just wasn't that good. I was looking at, I saw a TikTok, and it was like showing them uh, side by side, the original Avatar and then the Way of the Water. Yeah. And like, there is like, yeah, some CGI difference between the two. I mm-hmm. guess more so in like the hair and like some of the facial features. Yeah. But other than that, nothing really. And then for the story to be basically a cut, you know, <laughs> copy and paste the first one, but just water. Yep. Garbage. <laughs> we got shit out of here. Yeah, nah, I ain't for it. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I'll say it right to your face. Say it right to your fucking face. Satan cursive. Fucking, um, <laughs> I said it before we started, the lady killers mm-hmm. from the Coen brothers. I did not like that shit at all. Fucking... Got Tom Hanks there. He's a college professor, and he's planning to rob a casino. So he's getting a, a team together, basically. There's <laughs> just a fucking old lady uh, who's super religious, just like is you know she's kind of in the way. Where like they're staying in her house and shit, and so they're plotting to like how do we kill this bitch? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like the fucking mouse hunt. <laughs> do you remember that movie? No. Where they're just, this house. Or this mouse is terrorizing these two, and they're trying to kill it. Never seen it. Mm-mm. Well, it's a pretty decent movie, I think. But I mean, the fucking Coen Brothers made gas on top of gas. Yeah. They did fucking Fargo, fucking Oh Brother Where Art Thou, uh, The Big Lebowski, fucking No Country for Old Men. Yep. And then they made fucking Lady Killers, and it's just in that mix. It's a weird one. It like, wasn't wasn't that good. That's not good. What are you doing? That was just an abrupt. Stop. Mm. Oh, wow. <laughs> what? Ridley Scott. He's made some stinkies. He's made some good movies. Like The Martian, I thought was really fucking Yeah, I really good. enjoyed The Martian. Fucking, I mean, come on. Gladiator? American Gangster. Yeah. American Gangster is a really good movie yep. with, um, what's his name? Denzel Washington. Yeah, there you go. No. Oh, my God. I'm so fucking smart, dude. I'm trying to get better at, like, remembering... Big names and stuff like that. That was like, a that was a dice roll in Baldur's Gate. Huh? <laughs> nat twenty. <laughs> yeah, fucking nat, nat twenty. Yeah, got it. Uh, Hannibal was a good one. I'm just pulling up his stuff here. Yeah, but then I did want to talk about. Um, I haven't seen House of Gucci. I heard that was really good with Adam Driver. I haven't seen it either. Um, Alien Covenant. Not good. Not that good. was bad. Mm-mm. And then Napoleon's supposed to be coming out here soon with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Yep. As as Napoleon. Yeah. So I'm all excited for that. No, yeah. and then he figured he did. Um, he did Alien Covenant instead of doing Blade Runner 2049. I think he missed. Yeah, but also Danny Villeneuve got to make Blade Runner 2049, and I I think Danny probably did better than uh, our boy Scott Ridley, Ridley Scott. Scott could have done it. I think Ridley Scott's got some rust on him. You think? Yeah. Let's see. Let's see his past movies. So since 2015, The Martian, he's had Alien Covenant. Uh, All the Money in the World in 2017, The Last Duel in 2021 with Adam Driver, The House of Gucci 2021, and then 2023 Napoleon. Which I heard The Last Duel was not good. Really? Yeah. (laughs) You made G.I. Jane? Yep. G.I. Jane? Can't wait to see. (laughs) Keep my wife's name out your (laughs) your fucking mouth. mouth. I'm going to. to. (laughs) 
I didn't know that this was who made this movie, but fucking Francis Ford Coppola, who made The Godfather and Apocalypse Now, mm-hmm. fucking, he made the movie Jack with Robin Williams, where he's got some weird disease where he's like 10 years old, but looks like he's 40. I thought that was the Benjamin Button. No, that's called Benjamin Button. So he's 10, but he looks like he's 40? Yeah. Okay. And it's like, it's a fine movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember enjoying it, but I was also a kid. And it's just, it's not a very good movie in retrospect. And it's definitely an odd movie to go, yeah, from the director of The Godfather and Apocalypse Now, this summer, Jack. And the movie <laughs> fucking kicks up and it's just Robin Williams being a kid. Yeah. yeah. What a weird, like, it's like, I, did you need a paycheck? Like, what was the... <laughs> Hurting for it. <clears throat> you and I talked about this one, but with uh, Christopher Nolan... Yeah, Tenet. Tenet, yeah. Tenet wasn't that good. Wasn't that, yeah. I saw Dunkirk, wasn't that impressed with it. No? I didn't like, the ending was cool. Yeah. Right, but like, I don't know, I guess I was just expecting a little more. It just felt very slow. I get the pacing yeah. of it was I think, what got I think me. Dunkirk, I saw someone describe Dunkirk as impersonal, and I could see that, mm-hmm. where you don't really feel necessarily invested in any, because it's, it's three different stories. Yeah. Um. You know, the pilot, the civilian on the boat coming over, mm-hmm. and then the boys on the beach uh, waiting for the pickup. Um, and, and none of them you really feel that invested in. Uh, and I could see that. But also, some of the fucking cinematography in that movie is incredible. Like, Especially the when scene. the ship is is sinking and the camera you know, is basically is looking. Out. Well, no, and like you're looking down the hallway and you've got the water as the yep. the midpoint of the, of the you know, uh, shot i guess and you're seeing the fact that the ship is rolling it's starting to tip yeah and that's a really interesting shot there and then some of the wide shots of the dog fighting is really impressive like they fucking shot aerial fighting with an imax camera <laughs> that's impressive yeah how big are those things because i mean they're, they're big and they're loud loud yes cameras yeah you're kidding no well like, i mean it's 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 a it's taking photos right that's true you know that's where you get the frame rate from and it's a big ass fucking you know, it's got a big lens it's a huge film reel and it's just fucking so i'm like i feel bad for the fucking uh the boom operator <laughs> he's trying to fucking keep these boys mic'd in and cut out the loud ass camera running i didn't know that mm-hmm. i didn't know that the uh, imax cameras were loud you do now Bitch. Sorry. Whoa. Sorry. Hey, hey, hey. Sorry. This is another one that jumped out at me because I did some, I was like, I wonder, you know, because a lot of times, like, especially if it's not a, a major name for me, I might not realize that two movies were made by the same person. Like with Francis, Francis Ford Coppola, I only know him for The Godfather and Apocalypse Now, but then to go, Jack, what? So I pulled up a few lists like this one. I'm looking on the AV Club. Mm-hmm. If I can talk about. Richard Linklater, who made Days and Confused and School of Rock. Yeah. He fucking made Bad News Bears from 2005 with Billy Bob Thornton. I don't think I've ever seen Bad News Bears. Nobody did. Wow. It's not a good movie. It's a remake of a 76 comedy. And it's just not good. It's like nobody asked for this shit. Yeah, they even say right here. Yeah, it's the comedy that nobody asked for. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it's just a, a strange, like, again, Why? that guy made those two movies. <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> what here, happened, man? dude? Michael or Martin Scorse, Scorsese, Scorsese, <laughs> fucking fame director Martin Scorsese, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like Martin, Martin Scorse, Martin Scorse, Martin Scorsese. Yep, I haven't seen a lot of his movies. No, Mm-mm. but he made Wolf of Wall Street. Yep, 
I haven't seen any of the other ones. Silence that came out in 2016. Never even fucking heard of it. <laughs> Which means it must be bad. You got a, yeah, you got a 7.1. It's basically 7.1. Oh, he made The Irishman. I, that was a good. The Irishman? I didn't like it. I wa- the Irishman was something I watched on TikTok. It was, like, <laughs> it was clip by clip yeah, by yeah, clip yeah. and some and you're random. Just 47 clips deep. Because you're like, God damn, this is a fucking three and a half hour movie. <laughs> Right. I am excited for um, the new one. Killers of the Fireman. Bingo. Yeah, that one looks good. super fucking good. Yeah, I'm really excited for that. You know the so one that keeps coming up that cracks me up because he's not a good director Mm-mm. is fucking M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> They're always you know everybody's like, but the, but the thing that cracks me up is I see his name come up a lot, but I've seen like four of his movies come up as like the the bad movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm like. How many of his movies can possibly show up as the bad one? This is the bad one. When you're before you go, he just makes bad movies and had two good ones. Right. Three. I'll I'll give him three. I, I don't know, man. Maybe maybe he's a better director than I think because I bet he's got at least four. Let's run through them. So you've got first his debut, fucking Sixth Sense. Mm-hmm. That's a good movie. Good movie. Then he did uh, Invincible, right? Is it Invincible? Yeah, no, with uh, Bruce Willis. I haven't seen it. That's a good movie. I liked it. Uh, fucking signs. That's a good movie. That's a good movie. Then he kind of starts to lose the thread. He made the village, which was just fine. Yeah, Whatever. It. It's not that great. Uh, the village was interesting until the twist. Mm-hmm. Like the twist actually hurt the movie. Then he made the movie with Paul Giamatti, uh, Lady in the Water. Not a good movie. Okay. So we're at what five movies in, mm-hmm. and so far three have been good. Three good, two bad. Then he made The Happening, I think, which is not a good movie at all. That's the first scary movie I ever watched as a kid. No, it wasn't. The Happening? Yeah, because it wasn't scary. It scared the shit out of me. I was like six <laughs> My when God, I watched it. My God, these plans are going to kill me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Ma'am. Six, six-year-old no. exposed to raw suicide. Yeah. yeah, people just killing themselves. I guess so, yeah. Um, fucking, I, I think there's a gap in his fucking resume. And then he made Split. Oh, that's a good. Movie. That's a good one. I so like yeah, Split. so now he's back on track. Uh, oh, the visit with the grandparents. I haven't heard it. I heard that was a good movie. But yeah, I, I think Morgan and I enjoyed it. So maybe I'll give that one like a half. And I don't remember it being like yo, you know. What I mean, it wasn't signs. I mean, maybe he's got more good than bad. Yeah, but I think his bad ones are bad. are bad. Yeah, like he doesn't do a lot in the middle. So I don't know. I think he's. I don't know. I don't know. I think part of the problem for him is that. His gimmick is that he does twists, mm-hmm. and so then it kind of, after like two movies, you go, all right, well, there's going to be a twist, so what's the twist here? Because then he did the movie uh, where the beach makes you old. What was it called? Was it called Old? Bones? No. The beach makes you old. Yeah, where it was a bunch of people on the beach, and they're getting old. I don't know. I think it might have been called Old. Hold on, let me, you look, what's your, what's your next one? So I wanted to talk about um, Steven Spielberg. Yeah, Talk yeah, about yeah. some of his, like... You know, obviously, you have like fucking um, Jaws. Jaws is good. Then you have like Jurassic Park, obviously. Yep. Terminal. Fucking, yeah, that's Terminal's, a really good movie. Terminal's a really fucking good movie. Uh, Catch fucking, me if you can. Yeah, Catch me if you can is mm-hmm. great. Fucking um, Schindler's List. Schindler's List is Tough. on there. Fucking, um, come on now, Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan. I didn't know he directed Hook, the 1991 with uh, yeah. Yeah. Robin yeah, Williams. Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. And then he fucking made... Uh, Goddamn, what's E.T.? Come on now. Hold on. Mm-hmm. I'm still mm-hmm. thinking about the good ones. E.T.? Come on now. Fucking The Fourth Bridge of, Kind? Bridge of Spies. That was Didn't a good watch movie. that one. That's a good... If, if, I think if Tom Hanks and Spielberg... Spielberg put something together? It's, it's gas. It's cooking. They're cooking yeah, with they're, it. they're putting something together. Fucking he made um, Ready Player One. 
Did not like that movie. It wasn't that good. I was going to say War Horse. I didn't see that one. It's not that good. Like, you you are following all the horses. Is is Benedict Cumberbatch in that one? No. Who's the lead in that? Some kid. Well, like, that's the thing is, like, there really isn't a lead other than the horse. The horse. Because it's a kid who gets it. Like a, a young adult who's like 17 who joins the war, and mm-hmm. then some girl finds the horse, so the girl's kind of taking care of him, mm-hmm. and then someone sells the horse back, right? And so it, there was no with you. Yeah. main character. Yeah, it, it's it was bad. on the horse. It was yeah. bad. It was just not good, and it was very boring. I'm pulling up our boy uh, M. Night Shyamalan's filmography here. Pull it, pull it, pull out. So we can, hmm? I don't. No. <laughs> That's foul, Chris. Oh, how could I forget? Fucking... That's how bad it is, is that I, it wiped my hard drive. He fucking made The Last Airbender. Ooh. That's, he's out. Sorry. Yeah, that's bad. He did that, and then he did After Earth with uh, Will Smith and Will Smith's son. Not good. Uh, yeah. And then he did The Visit, yep. And then he did Split, yep. Glass. I didn't like Glass. Yeah, it is just called Old. And then he did Knock at the Cabin, which I don't. we didn't go see, but I heard nothing about it. I thought Glass had so much potential. And then just was not good. Yeah, yeah. Well, um... Mr. Dr. Glass was it Mr. Mr. Glass. Mr. Yeah. Glass, I thought was so interesting, and then they, yeah. pfft, nothing. Yeah, yeah. and Man, then you this got guy so fucking brainy, and then you got the fucking beast. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he's an interesting character too, yeah. and I really like seeing. Uh, what the fuck is that actor's name? I cannot. I keep blanking on his goddamn name. He was Professor X in the the younger. Uh, yeah, he was also son of a bitch. Well, I guess I'm on IMDb, aren't I? Uh, James McAvoy. Boom. I and just said that, and he's acting his dick off too. He's been doing playing a lot all of those. Shit. Well, no, I'm saying in that movie, oh, yeah. playing all those different roles. Mm-hmm. He's doing a hell of a job in it. Mm-hmm. And like Bruce Willis actually tries, which yeah. is not Bruce Willis, especially like to because that movie came out in 2019. And so I mean, you've got three the three leads acting really hard, but just the story really falls apart. Nope, yep. didn't like it. Uh, what's her name is also in it. Um, uh, Sarah Paulson, Anya Taylor Joy. Anya Taylor Joy, yeah, my gal, yeah, fucking Guillermo del Toro made Blade too. <laughs> Come on now, <laughs> CGI opened his eyes. No, that's Blade Three, uh-huh. <laughs> but yes, you're on the right track there. No, Blade Two is so bad that people don't remember it. <laughs> like they remember Blade One and Blade Trinity. Blade One was really fucking good. Yeah, I don't remember if it's Blade One or Blade Two, where Wesley Snipes has one of my favorite lines ever that was apparently ad libbed, where he just says, "Some motherfucker's always trying to ice skate uphill." <laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? Like, um, I don't know, man. But some motherfuckers are always, always trying to ice skate uphill. All right, Wesley. All right. <laughs> and this was before he went to jail for tax evasion. Uh. <laughs> so he was really working his ass off. Trying to get all the money he could and then not pay taxes on it. <laughs> not a cent. Some motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. Uh, yeah. So, if, yeah, for fucking Guillermo del Toro to make Pan's Labyrinth and Blade 2. Pan's Labyrinth is good. That's a really that's good scary. movie. Yeah. It's scary. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm still giggling about fucking <laughs> ice skating uphill. But uh, I don't know. I think there's probably a lot more potential on this. Like, the more we get to talking, mm-hmm. the more I'm like, shit, this might be one that we circle back to after we've done a lot more reading on, like... Sure. I was going to say, those are kind of the only ones that I was able to, like, yeah, pinpoint out, or, like, yeah. oh, yeah, that, you know, yeah, that's a really good one. Yeah, I'd want to, but I kind of want to dive into actors, too. Like, yeah, yeah, actors that were really fucking good in this movie, but the movie was dog water. Yeah, yeah, the bright spot in the movie. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa, where, like, a really great actor that just did not do good in a role, where you're like, fuck, why are, why are you in this role? You know what I mean? 
I could probably throw a couple Star Wars ones in there. Yeah. Who are you thinking? I want to say Adam Driver in The Last Jedi. Uh, that was probably his weakest yeah. one. Yeah. I'm sure there's a lot of Marvel. Oh, yeah. I'm Marvel out, bro. I am too. Like, I haven't been, like, I haven't, like, any anything on Instagram, social media. Yeah. I've been scrolling right past it if it's yeah, Marvel. No interest. Mm-mm. Blue Beetle apparently is losing its ass. Really? And in, in, on the money side, yeah. Where it had a budget of like 104, and it's probably closing out at like 140. Well, I had no marketing. I had little to none. I think I've seen two things on social media about it, and it was the same video of them all yep. coming up on the stage saying, hey, we really enjoyed making this. Yeah. And George Lopez did his famous, Aloha. And then that yeah. was it. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was it. And everybody's like, <laughs> he did the thing. But uh, yeah, so it's. But I know that was it. You and I that got to talking about it. The the uh, the actor. What's the kid's name? Oh uh, um, yeah, Solo. Yeah, but he came out and was like the whole whole yeah. writer strike thing. Yeah, with the actors and writer strike, he was like, I'm not. You know, it's so a I shame. Mean, it's a shame that it's happened when it did because yeah, you know, I'm really excited about this movie, but I'm not. Nah, hold your it. ground. Yeah, yeah stick I'm it down, baby. It. Um, but yeah, so that's a shame because it wasn't bad. I think it was probably the most fun I've had out of DC movie in a minute. Probably since Black Adam. No, I enjoyed it more than Black Adam. Right, I'm saying having fun with the DC film. Sure, Flash yeah. was not good. No. And then we didn't even fucking see Shazam. No. No. <laughs> no, we didn't. And nobody else did either. So, I mean, the only one before that was... Was there anything before that? Before? Or? Yeah, Wonder Woman 84. <laughs> not good. Mm-mm. Didn't like that one. Then Black Adam. I didn't like the Justice League. <sighs> That's sad to say that The Rock was the last good thing about DC before Blue Beetle. Yeah, and by good we just mean better than the rest. Yeah, better than bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just was, not bad. It was it was pretty fine. <laughs> and That's he wasn't you... and he wasn't the bright spot of his movie either. It was the Justice Society. Mm, oh my god, Doctor Doctor fucking Fate. Come oh on now. my god, dude, I was fucking gay. Yeah, he bodies, dude. Him and then fucking Hawkman's weapon. Yeah. Changing from like axe to a mace and shit. And we were like, yo, stop it. <laughs> I remember you and I trying to be stony faced during that movie because we didn't want the other one to know what we were thinking. Mm-hmm. But when he fucking changed that to an axe, you and I both like out of the corner of our eye were like <laughs> looking over the other one like, yo, oh, shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's so yeah, I stand by that. Dwayne Johnson didn't save, didn't make black. Oh, no, no, no. Don't, yeah. Don't, don't, don't get it twisted. No, yeah, I'm not yeah. saying that by any means. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't twist it. Uh-uh. It'll, it'll 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 go off in your hand if you twist it. Yeah. Hmm? <laughs> what you think about this week, Chris? I think what you meant to say is welcome back to Chris's Cryptid Corner. I'm your host, Chris. <laughs> I still want to talk about the back rooms. I thought uh, we were having fun with it. Yeah, I was having a good time. Um. Yeah, we were having a real fucking good time. Yeah, look at the mic sounds. I'm gonna get kicked back here. Get all comfy now with yeah. it, huh? Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> Am I loud enough in your ear? <laughs> Let me turn the gain up for you. <laughs> Why don't you? You can just hear all my mouth sounds. Going back into it, obviously, if you were here last week, you know, I was talking about the back rooms, um, which is just a bunch of different interdimensional planes that you can kind of enter. Some of them are good. Liminal some of them spaces. Are bingo. And some of them are good. Some of them are bad. Um, so we're just going to be reading We didn't some. list any good ones. Give me some good ones. We did not. Well... Or are you doing all the bad ones again? I'm all well. I'll do a mixture of both, all but right. the one I have pulled up, I believe, is a, bad is, is a bad one. So we will be talking about. Well, I will be talking about level zero point zero one. Level zero point zero one is a sub level located between zero and one of the back rooms. Level point oh one is a frequently mistaken for a le- legitimate exit uh, back into reality. This level is un- uncomfortably damp and humid, uh, much more so than zero. 
there's a level f- <laughs> turn off the light and that made it very spooky yeah, <laughs> like I instantly got chills on my back trying to get the lights off just the candlelight this level is uncomfortably damp and humid much more so than level zero the level's physical appearance is mundane and somewhat worn down however its layout is highly anomalous it consists of seemingly infinite ha- looping hallways papered with the same wallpaper uh, as Every 50 miles, the hallway turns left into a new hallway. However, all of level 0.01's hallways are copies of each other, as a result of um, the repeating effect. This is possible to leave an item on the floor in one hallway just to encounter it again when you turn down the next hallway. Unlike its parent level, level 0.01 is not entirely still and devoid of life. Occasionally, one may encounter a wretch likely the remains of a previous wanderer strangely one seems to be able to sur- strangely one seems to be able to survive for long periods of time uh, on relatively low amounts of food here so for whatever hmm. reason okay. yeah. you don't need to but yeah, you waste sl- slower mhm um let me see i'm going to pull up what a wretch is that's what a wretch is wretches are wanderers who have been deformed by a toll that a, that the back rooms has taken on them Wretches can vary widely uh, in appearances. Many specimens commonly produce oral gags or snarls with little known purpose. Oh, right. This is a picture of one. That looks terrifying. Let me see this thing. Oh, Jesus. It's just basically a, a human with no skin. Yeah, their face is just, and just their skin back and forth. Obviously, like, the, the smile is very pronounced. Yeah, because they've got no lips. Ain't got no lips on them. <laughs> the lips are my favorite part. Hmm? <laughs> Bounce that ass. Uh, so let's see. Let's talk about some safe levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. You damn snowflakes in your safe spaces. <laughs> let's talk about level Sex station baby. 154, the Neon Express. Station 154, also known as Neon, the Neon Express, is a level of the back rooms that connects other levels via the train system. Okay. Similar to the Metro, uh, station 154 is usually peaceful and, uh, and devoid of hostile entities. Some people even seek out the area and decide to reside here instead of leaving because that's how safe it is. The neon subway's trains are usually uh, decorated with neon lights on the exterior and a nightclub on the interior. Oh, shit. The level includes two different parts, the neon subway and the snack stall. Yo! (laughs) All aboard the snack stall. The neon subway is the first uh, part and also the main area of the level. It resembles an expansive expansive subway station that consists of many trains departing from different locations and has many similarities to the one of the front rooms, which we'll learn about next. The interior has a moderate number of wanderers who just settled there instead of exiting. This is because of the safe environment and the level possesses in the environment the level possesses the abundance of resource uh, in this level. Uh, It has a techie interior that of an advanced subway station. There are several shops scattered throughout the level selling various kinds of backrooms items and front room items. Uh, The lights can... Just a merch shop. What the fuck is a front room? I don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to read about that. The lights can be seen in various colors like the picture shown, which I'll show you here in a minute. But usually they correspond with the line uh, that the trains run on. These tiles are also cleaner than the average subway station, thank God, showing how... uh, competent the facings in this level work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the train is... Um, that just turns into something else. But, I don't know, I don't... These ones are cool, but... Yeah, not they're not spoopy. They're not spoopy, man. Leo, this is the cryptic corner. But I do want to know what the fuck the front room is. So, no, we're gonna... The front room... 
just feel like I'm holding back a fucking gravy geyser. The front rooms are what would be considered the baseline reality, as where all humans are originated from, and thus what we're familiar with. Okay, so this okay. is the front so rooms. So we are in the front rooms. The back rooms is the other. Is <laughs> the, the upside other. down. It's the underdark. Let's see. Let's go back to the spooky ones. Spooky. Level 69. What's on level 69? It's just a German sex dungeon. <laughs> Excellent. Perfect. I'll be here if you need me. I'm over here. <laughs> Ooh, dangerous levels. So this is just on the page about dangerous levels. Dangerous levels possess a single or multiple hazards uh, comprising of either entity, environmental, or mental hazards. These levels pose a major threat to anything inside of them, and any entry to these levels should be avoided. Dangerous levels are classified under class Dead Zone, 5, 4, 3, or class 2 on the same occasions. I'm curious what the different classes mean. What's class Dead Zone? That's dead what zone. I'm fucking hitting. Yeah, just go straight to the fucking top. Class Dead Zone. Uh, class Dead Zone is a class designated for levels that are an ultimate threat in the back rooms. One should not even consider exploring these Don't levels. Don't fucking think about Don't it. Don't even think, not one. I can see it in your eye. Don't do it. As whatever possibilities lay in them are certainly not worth the extensive risks to one's survival. Even with proper equipment, one may survive based on sheer luck as countless lethal entities... Fucking power will. Yeah, hazards and anomalous properties are present. Avoid levels designed, designated as class dead zone at all costs. So level 66, or 666, which we talked about last yeah, week, is yeah. a level dead zone. Check and see. Um, let's talk about level... But you basically don't get out. Yeah. Let's talk about level negative 205. <clears throat> Survival difficulty, class dead zone, extremely dangerous, unstable, and entity infestation. Level negative... <laughs> Le- level negative 205 appears to have a massive static all over the level. Seeming to generate white noise, there can also be heard muffling and distorted screaming, which only worsens the level's instability, causing many walls, ceilings, and floors to fall over and collapse into the void. If one listens to the white, no- the white noise, uh, the level generates far... For more than 10 minutes, they will eventually go insane and turn into a wretch, which we just fucking learned about. Yeah. So make sure that you visit this level at quick and simple. There appear to be fully functional computers that appear to be from the 1990s, which surprisingly appear to be running and on its very first version of the official backrooms. Operating systems, in parentheses the back OS, can be commonly found scattered across rooms, although one must avoid the, these no matter what, as they are high, probabi- high probability that the computer... Uh, when booted up or interacted with in the slightest, will instantly conjure an error screen saying the following red zones. Do not go insane from the noise. Permanently leaving the computer stuck on this screen until it is deactivated. The error screen will alert the entities in your current location, so it's highly advised <laughs> to not interact with yeah, these don't computers do that. under any circumstances. <laughs> Fuck. So here's just a hallway of level 205, negative 205. It's just static. Yeah. That's kind of spooky. Yeah. I've been thinking about that analog horror like we were talking about last week of mm-hmm. like the um, like the doppelganger. You know, if you see somebody with your face, fucking don't talk to oh, them. Oh, yeah. That scares the shit out of me, dude. Yeah. That scares me so bad. Let's take a look at level 399.1. This sounds like a radio station. <laughs> the Blitz. Yeah. What was the level? 399.1. 399.1. What, what kind of music do you think they play? Rock. No. Okay. Anything that's going to be 
normal music is going to be something point nine, one oh five point nine, twenty six point nine. The Fritz, you know, the Fritz. You're getting something like three ninety nine point one. The Holy Station, <laughs> yeah, yeah, fucking the prayer station. So the description of level three ninety nine point one. This will probably be the last one I'll do. Okay. Rather than being a luscious habitable place, habitable place, level three ninety nine point one is composed of a dark, rundown uh, recreational center with almost no safe exits in sight. Level three ninety nine point one is divided into three distinct areas: the unnerving arcade, the aquaphobic waterways, neglected bowling. Uh, you're gonna be scared of the aquaphobic well, waterways. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. me. For the record, I'm not afraid of water. I'm afraid of large deep, open, large bodies of water, yeah. <clears throat> it's like the void thing. Like Which is me. so bizarre, because I find, I find a lot of bliss in water. Sure, I mean, I like being in the water. I like a pool or, a, you know, something like that, but not... I've, I've never been... Yeah. Well, like I, I've been... I also drowned when I was, like, five. I mean, sure, but, like... <laughs> <laughs> just fucking with it. <laughs> like, just get over it, bro. Like, be better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, same. <laughs> no, I'm playing. I'm playing. That was very traumatic. Yep. And that's a, a rational fear to have because yep. of it. The unnerving arcade is the first encountered uh, upon section of 399.1. <laughs> the Fritz. The Fritz. Consisting of rundown and, neg- and a neglected arcade, almost entirety of the arcade is shrouded with darkness with occasional pink neon lights dimly lighting up certain parts of the level graffiti and uh, writings can be found on the walls translated to either random gibberish or pointing out um, that the entity that an entity is nearby windows can be uh, displayed as a black void breaking or going through these windows is highly advised against um, as they will suck you in out of the level into level six or into they'll the void what? they'll do what to me They'll suck you out, yeah, dude. Fucking sign me up. What is this, a cruel boy? <laughs> yeah. <The> floor, <laughs> sign me up for another. The floors and carpets have been reported to have liquid pain, as well as the ceiling drippings. Therefore, it is recommended to be highly cautious as not to touch nor consume it. The doors in the arcade will uh, lead to other hazardous levels in the destination where someone is exactly sent to be independent on what the door leading to it is labeled. Let me see. I want to see that. Here we go. Oh my god. <laughs> Dude, look what the aquaphobic waterways. Nah, pass. Pass. Hard pass. Imagine seeing that in the dark. Like, just <laughs> how you. dimly lit it is. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, it kind of reminds me of like a, like a, a hotel great, pool, maybe. Or like, like, yeah, like a Great Wolf, Wolf Lodge, Lodge kind of thing, yeah. Where it's an indoor water park. You know, like you said, it's 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 out of service yeah. kind of feel. You but know? the water's still on. Still like, running, yeah, but nobody's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's weird. That's just unsettling. The, the back rooms always makes me think of like... When you start a new job at, like, especially as, like, a teenager mm-hmm. at, like, a retail store, and you get to see the areas of the place that you didn't get, to, you know, mm-hmm. you've, I, it's a familiar place, but you're seeing job, all the unfamiliar parts. My first job was a, you know, yeah, was a Kroger. Kroger. Yeah. And, yeah, the especially going back mm-hmm. into the, the uh, back of the store and stuff yeah. like that, that was always kind of, like, I hated, I hated going, yeah. like, doing uh, the trash compactor. Yeah. I could never do that alone. I'd yeah. have to have someone with me. Yeah. So the aquaphobic waterways is the second section to level 399.1. The Fritz. Resembling an abandoned 1990s, early 2000 enclosed water park. Oh, sure, okay. 
This section is is the most lit up part of 399.1, though it's not to say it's completely illuminated. This area, uh, this area itself is divided into two sectors, the main water park and the tunnels. The main water park. Whenever one finds themselves in the aquaphobic waterways, they will first be in the main water park. It consists of floors, most of the walls being composed of small, rectangular epoxy tiles. Moreover, a ceiling panel with differently colored pipes and circular shapes. Some of the pipes are observed to contain liquids, whereas some of them uh, seem to not serve any purpose and remain empty. In rare occasions, the pipes will dispense unfamiliar liquids, which are advised to avoid. Several pools are found scattered across the main water park sector, uh, all of which have a couple of sprinklers spraying water in them. Surprisingly, the waters aren't contaminated with any diseases of the sort. Traces of chlorine are found in the waters, giving off a reminiscent smell. The floor is more slippery than usual, thus one must carefully traverse through the water park to not sustain any injuries. Other rooms can be found in the aquaphobic waterways. Uh, Ascending these rooms is tough, as one must go through the tunnels first. The tunnels. Uh, whilst the man, the main water park is somewhat safe, the tunnels aren't as, aren't in stark contrast. The tunnels are what link rooms to the main water park together, as well as these, as well as the only, as well as the only feasible way to explore the aquaphobic waterways. The tunnels are circular. Uh, they are small in design and partially covered in shallow water, contaminated with the hydrolotus plague. Jesus, the hydrolotus plague. Also referred to as uh, the hydrolotus as a bacterium currently located on water-related levels. The disease, uh, as previously mentioned, lurks around untreated bodies of water, but it appears to be more inside abandoned pools. It can appear due to multiple uh, environmental factors, mostly due to insects, fecal particles, and the case of pools augmented by the lack of chlorine. Uh, it's mainly transmitted by Airborne particles containing the bacterium infected people can exhale those common activities, uh, and another person can get infected with when physically close to the bacteria. The smaller droplets can can, uh, can remain on the air of a certain area for longer periods of time um, when compared to larger droplets that mostly drop to the ground. Uh, rarely one could be contaminated by direct contact with bodies of water that had contact with contaminated mosquito Symptoms are high fever with chills, weakness, pain, specifically in abdomen area, vomiting, delirium, and others. Diarrhea. Bingo. Sudden death. <clears throat> Additionally, the tunnels have the tendency to curve, making seeing far into the tunnels difficult. Cases of uh, scopophobia more prevalent here, likely as a result of the curvy nature of the tunnels. Periodically, one may stumble across doorways leading into small round spaces consists of exits into tunnels in all directions. The tunnel one decides to take won't matter, as they all eventually end up in the same main water park. Regardless, one can easily be lost in the mazes of tu- the maze of tunnels at this park. As one remains in the tunnels for longer, the more the lights will be- begin to malfunction and fall. Uh, until the tunnels are completely pitch black, wanderers can also find an unlocked door labeled as employees only. This leads into a long corridor with marble flooring, pale concrete walls, as a singular red pipe consisting of cashew water running adjacent to the ceiling. Oddly enough, drained batteries are found littered on the floor throughout the corridor. Uh, one will find doors on both sides, numbered 1 through 67. 
the doors usually lead to more rooms similar to the main water park, though with only one pool and a couple of sprinklers. Likewise, the rooms contain some variation of a small set of stairs, which lead into a room underneath the water. The floors are the floors of these sunken rooms have an in, indent representing a pool along with several sprinklers. Entities are usually more concentrated in these areas, hence it is recommended to avoid these rooms completely. Should a wanderer reach the end of the corridor, they will see a door labeled as 67. Going through this door takes us to the one to the final section of level 39 399.1 neglected bowling. <laughs> Which it sounds goofy, but taking a look at it, fuck that. I think it's not as scary, but still, like, it's, uns- it's, again, ver- yeah, it's, it's very it, unsettling. Again, it's that thing, yeah, of, like, familiar places, but they're... It's just like, this isn't... Devoid of life. Neglected bowling is the final section of level 399.1, consisting of an abandoned bowling, bowling alley with restaurants accompanying it. This section is no- notably filled with tons of debris that lay on the floor. Moreover, this section shares some similarities uh, and characteristics with the uh, unnerving arcade, namely both being shrouded in darkness and graffiti translated in ineligible meanings found throughout the walls. The floors of this section produce a creaking sound whenever stepped on. Applying too much pressure on the floors may have a chance for them to reportedly collapse. The bowling alleys, which also can be found within enclosed portions of the level, periodically contain bowling pins and bowling balls that give the wanderer an urge to bowl. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's just me, bro. Yeah, it's the call of the game, dude. The bowling balls are a common hiding spot for smaller entities to gain advantage of the wanderer's vulnerability. Should they hold it, bowling balls that are cracked plus located in more awkward spots are more likely to be free of entities. Scoring a strike in any way legitimate or by cheats will result in a hallucinatory jump scare of a random entity. On top of that, the noise of the strike will consistently attract various entities in nearby proximity. Which makes sense. The restaurants in neglected bowling consist of spoiled, rotten, unsafe food for consumption, which gives off a distinct odor. Cashew water bottles are are prevalent in the restaurants in this section, likely as a way to lure in and trick unsuspected wanderers. Furthermore, holes glowing with white and holes glowing white in windows uh, can be found in these areas, and falling down these holes can lead to the void. I'm curious what the void is. It's probably like the void in Minecraft. It's just never ending. Yeah, it's, it's just you've fallen into the. If this is the liminal space, that's the space beyond. Ooh, 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 ooh. I don't like that one. <laughs> Those are, like pretty, one bit. those are pretty spooky, though. Yeah. I want to find... Yeah, I think next week I'm going to be talking about our editor recommended SCPs. Yeah. I, I, I've recommended them. Yeah, well, yeah, you've talked about it. When I said it was a bad idea. But. I still don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But so I'll probably be doing some research and talking about that for yeah. uh, next week. But it's kind of the same thing-ish. Just more so alive things, not places. Yeah, like things, well, yeah well, things. it can be places. It can be like a fucking... An infinite stairwell that the deeper down you go, the scarier it gets, and shit like that. Stairway to heaven. Yeah. Fucking a piece of music that just compels you to play it, and then once you do, you fucking go insane. Like World War One gas mask, and when you put it on, you're transported to World War One. I want to do that. I already know how it ends, so you know. Spoiler. I know where they're all going to be. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Cheat code activated. Yeah. 
What about you? What have you been thinking about? <laughs> dude, I'm just... Boulder's Gate? I've been playing nothing mm-hmm. but Boulder's Gate, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm tearing it up. Yeah. Live. Yeah. And, like, I'm taking my time with it, too. I'm still in fucking Act 1. But I think I'm getting ready to be into Act 2. Mm-hmm. But I also, I made it most of the way into Act 1, like, you know, towards the back end of Act 1 with another character, and then decided, before I get much further, I want to start over and pick a different type of character. Right. Because I started as a fighter, and it was kind of just bland for mm-hmm. me. Um, Wasn't cash money. Yeah. But it's part, part of that's because the way I play RPGs, I like to be conversational and things like that. And the bard was kind of an interesting option of, like, Got a little bit of sword fighting, a little bit of uh, magic, some, you know, lock picking, kind of the, the jack of all trades. Apparently in Dungeons and Dragons, like, um, not lore, but like uh, the culture, a lot of times the bard's called the jerk of all trades because bards are kind of like, you know, cocky assholes and they're, they're a little bit good at a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. you know, jerk of all trades, master of none, you know, master of none, yeah. master of none. Hmm. So I've been having a really good time with that. Um, and then Green Hell. I'm excited. Yeah, well, We're probably going to be playing that. Yeah. Had an update. Uh, well, like several updates since the last time you and I played it. So it's going to be like a whole new game. We like to terrorize the the native population. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, shit, it's, it's the, the cops! cops. Jump out of the bushes, throwing spears at them and shit. We'll have to start streaming. Yeah. Like, I think that'd be so much fun. I do, too. I think, Or we just post on YouTube. And we already got the YouTube channel. That's true. We just do that. Just start yeah. clipping it. Yeah, clip it. Have our editor just edit that too. <laughs> just fucking just throw give it out him on his even fucking more plate. of a yeah. workload. Here you go. Speaking of our editor, yeah, yeah, yeah. who are we? Who we are very thankful for. Yeah. yeah. Um, he had sent us this song yeah, that he was a, a a part of yeah. in the sense of editing, and um, I'm just pulling it up here. It was called. Now, do we know? Did. Uh, did he edit the music video? So I believe so. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks like here the mo- the song's called uh, "Nightmare" by Megan Woodruff. Mm-hmm. Woodruff, um, and to our knowledge, he uh, edited the the music video, and he always does such a fine work on the podcasts yeah. and in the music video as well. He does an amazing work, and yeah. it's a good song. Yeah. Um, so obviously, you know, if you ever have the time, definitely check that yeah. out. Yeah, Go give him it. some kudos. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, but I think that's. That's all I got. That's all I got. Fucking, I got a spiel at the end, don't I? Yeah, you do. Let me find it. Got it. There it is. Say it, baby. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give it a great review. Tell your friends about us. Share us on social media and all that good stuff. Uh, make sure that you're liking, favoriting, subscribing, whatever the, the verbiage is on your streaming service of choice. Mm. That we get notifications when we post. Mm-hmm. Uh, we shoot for every Wednesday. I think we've only missed it the once. Just the once. And it was for... It was planned ahead for Barbenheimer. No, we still got it out on Wednesday. No, we got it out on Thursday. Oh, that's right. But there was that one day that we thought we were going to be late, but we still <laughs> we posted did. it on Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. We got it out at like 8 p.m. We were like, fuck. We recorded it on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Posted Edited it. Edited it on Wednesday. Posted Post it on, on Wednesday. Wednesday. That's that was some fucking right teamwork there. right that's there. That's a team. That's fucking teamwork. <laughs> um, What's your favorite dish? <laughs> It's cool with me. me. It's not my favorite, favorite but I'll, I'll do it. it. Oh, that's, uh, that's what's your favorite position. position. Yeah. Anyways. I'm not going to cook, cook it, but I'll order it from Zanzibar. Uh, <laughs> the, anyways, uh, yeah. 
follow us on your streaming service of choice. Uh, and then if you have any recommendations, especially right now, like I said, we might be going into a dry spell as far as movies go. A drought. A drought. And potentially um, shows as well. I mean, the thing that kind of is scary when you think about it is part of the reason why they're delaying these films isn't because they don't want, they're worried about them losing money right now. It's because they're like, we might not have anything to release next year. Mm-hmm. So we got to push these in, into next year. We can just start watching soap operas. Yeah, know, fuck reviews. it. Just turn our clientele into like older white ladies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, stay-at-home moms and shit, mm-hmm. work-from-home moms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, how would people get in touch with and give us their recommendations for yeah, topics and stuff they want to hear us yeah, do? if you always wanted to, you know, reach out, check out our socials. You can always check out our YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, it's all the Simply Whelmed podcast. Mm-hmm. You can always take a look at our Twitter. Our Twitter handle is Whelmed underscore Simply. Or, I mean, if you want to send us, like, recommendations, topics, anything like that, you can always shoot us an email at simplywhelmedmailbag at gmail.com. Yeah, which we did get an email. Uh, let me pull it up here. Yeah. I almost said wet me. Wet me. Wet, wet. Mm-hmm. Widowy. Widowy. Uh, so let's see here. From your boy Skinny Penis, mm. uh, they say, Hey, Chris and Colin, was watching your episode and saw you guys were talking about some comics to read and talk about. And I had a couple of recommendations if you were interested, specifically Marvel. Um, after we were just like, we're kind of marveled out. Uh, let's see here. They say, so there is a comic, and it was very good and I thought it would be interesting. It was Moon Knight versus Kang. Uh, which was such a good comic and could be a possibility for the next season of Moon Knight. Uh, highly recommend 9 out of 10. Wow. We, we enjoyed our Moon Knight comics that we read. We did. Um, so I'd be interested to, to maybe check that out. And then Secret Wars was another great comic. 10 out of 10. And I really hope that they try to make this close to the comic when the movie comes out. Spoiler. Uh, they say, spoiler alert for the comic, Victor Von Doom has Galactus as a pet. Pretty badass. Um, I'd Galactus also, is a huge. Yeah, he's a fucking he's a he's a world vampire. Uh-huh. But also Von Doom, like Doctor Doom in the comics, is fucking next level powerful. Yeah, I mean he's stronger than Thanos. Oh yeah, because um, he's got just electric powers, Buku money, uh, magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. They say I'd also recommend reading the Secret Invasion comics as it is completely different from the show, That's which was kind about. of sad because the comic was so good and the show didn't have the budget to create the comic vision. From because we didn't watch the show, mm-hmm, not even kind of. I have a buddy at work who did, mm-hmm. and he was very like it was bad, like just nothing happened. Yeah, nothing happened. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, Rhodey was a scroll. Didn't know that. Yeah, Captain Rhodes. Yeah, Rhodey. Yeah, yeah. fucking uh, War Machine. Yeah. He's been a squirrel since uh, Civil War, apparently, when he fell and busted his fucking ass. Yeah. So what, him in in recovery with Tony Stank mm-hmm. is just not real? I don't know. I don't know. The I think that gets so ugly like yeah. and so messy. It's just like... Because then you... it's like, that means that like it was a scroll at Tony's funeral. Yeah. Yeah, Rhodes wasn't actually there. Yeah. I think that just gets so messy, especially with the multiverse already being a thing. Yeah. And the multiverse makes things messy. And like you yeah. can clean it up. But it's going to take some time, yeah. obviously. But not, I don't know, man. Yeah. I'm kind of like done with Marvel. Yeah. Fuck superheroes. <laughs> I'm, Fuck I'm, them all. I'm throwing away my Iron Man poster. No. The, uh, so, yeah, they say those are a few suggestions uh, if you read them. Or, sorry, those are a few suggestions. If you read those, I would love to hear your thoughts on them. Thanks, guys, and love the podcast. My favorite one to listen to every week. That's right. Oh, I thought you were pointing at me to say something. No. no. <laughs> Boy, you were, I was like, yeah, well, I, I read it, man. I read it. Uh, yeah, so emails. We like we like getting emails. Um, next week, who knows, man? We'll uh, maybe read some comics. Maybe uh, talk about a Vidger game. Maybe uh, do another topic. I enjoy when we do topics. Hmm. 
I enjoy when I do anything. That's right. I just have fun doing it. Just enjoy your time. I just like showing up, being pretty, being the eye candy. That's right. And you do it so well, you know? Someone asked him. <laughs> I say, hey, hey, I say that at work all the time. I'll just be like, someone's got to be the eye candy around here. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's got to be me. You think I can get me fired? Probably. Really? I don't know. Better get off here then. I mean, it's a man. It's it, you know. It used to be a man's world, but now you can't say anything. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> get in the box, you Jezebel. <laughs> oh, what? I can't say Jezebel now. I can't say that. <laughs> Uh, anyways, I think that's the end of the episode, Chris. Totally goodbye. Bye, gotta poop. Bye.